0: Hey, welcome to Evangel. Today, our lead pastor, Josh Shaldahl, has a teaching for you. So open up your Bible and listen in. We're starting a new series today called Now What? Many people come into Easter and they experience something powerful or they make a decision and they don't know how to walk it out and Today, I want to give you the handlebars for your faith of how to keep the fire in your heart burning for the right thing. Every one of us burns for something, right? I was watching a a video of some soccer fans when a goalie went in on the last second in the 90th minute, and they won a match, and thousands of people, arms thrown in the air, grown men jumping up and down, hugging one another, you know, excited. They burn with passion for their team. Every one of us burns for something, but there's a fire for God that is supposed to be kindled, and maybe it was kindled last week, and now it's supposed to burn as a flame in our hearts, and I want to talk to you about how to steward that flame. Here's what it says in Luke 24. Now the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened, Jesus being crucified, uh, raising, rising from the dead. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept... From recognizing him, he asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one When he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him as he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while while he talked to us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven, and those with them assembled together, and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon." Then they told, Then the two told what had happened on the way, and Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. I want to address the question this week of why the heart burns. Why in a moment can we make a decision to believe something so profound as the, the Son of God came to earth, died on a cross, rose again, is now seated at the right hand of the Father? Why? What causes the heart to burn? And next week I want to talk about why the eyes doubt. What causes, even though the heart may burn, what causes our, our physical eyes to begin to doubt what we feel and what we've seen God do in our lives? I have a fascination with fire. I think I've shared some of us uh, with many of you before that uh, when Janae and I were searching for a home, she walked through the top level and said, oh, good, laundry room off the kitchen, three bedrooms on the main floor, you know, big entertaining space. I was like, yeah, that's all good, but there's a wood-burning fireplace in the basement, like, I'll, I'll just buy that. You know, that's totally fine. And, and so right when we got the house, I began to figure out this new fireplace. I went and bought wood from the gas station. I'm a farm kid. I'm ashamed of myself, honestly. <laughs> I have to confess that to you today, but I I bought wood so that I could start this fire, and the first time I did it, I totally smoked the whole house. You know, I didn't open the the vent far enough, and the whole house got smoky. Janae was going to cut me off, but I said, one more try, just one more try. And ever since then, we've been having great fires while we watch movies or sit in our basement, and it's awesome. When I was younger, I had the same fascination. And my brothers and I would set a fire down uh, by the corral where all the cattle were, and We would throw bags of salt on there, we would throw old feed bags, we'd throw twine, we'd try to throw each other, you know, anything else that was lying around, we kind of just threw it on the fire, and we would see how big we could get this fire to burn, and one day we got the fire going, you know, it was cooking pretty good, and the wind picked up and blew the fire across our gravel road onto the hill where our house sits, and at first it was kind of funny. Like, oh, now we got to put out the fire. We're like firemen, you know, like, let's go take care of this. And so we kind of hopped over there and started putting it out. And the wind picked up again, and it wasn't so funny. We took our shirts off and dunked them in the well and started slapping the ground, trying to now control the fire that was burning literally out of control. And long story short, we had to call the fire department. You know, it was humiliating, and I haven't had an ounce of pride in my life ever since. That's not true. When Janae and I moved into our first condo, we had those little clickers, you know, that you use in the grill, to light the grill, and I was standing in the kitchen using them, and uh, I do not know what came over me. Spirit of stupid. And there's a paper towel laying on the counter, and I had two flames, and there's a paper towel, and I all of a sudden just found myself going... Janae, seeing what was happened, went... Joshua! (laughs) That's like when the dog poops on the carpet, Janae goes, Lucy! Like, that's the kind of treatment. (laughs) I deserved it, okay? I don't know what came over me, but, but I have this fascination with fire, and I'm not only fascinated by how the physical fire burns, how a bunch of people can sit around a fire and just stare at the flame... You know, have you noticed that? Nobody says a word, you all just watch things burn. It's fascinating to watch things burn. But it's also fascinating to watch the, the hearts of people begin to burn. When I, I watched this video of people celebrating a goal in soccer, and I watched it over and over and over just so I could see all the different reactions. As people burned with passion for their team, you you can see people that burn with passion for a certain cause, you know, or they, they, they burn with passion for a certain desire. Sometimes the fire gets out of the pit. Or if the fire gets out of the fireplace, it begins to burn where it's not supposed to burn. And you've seen people that have maybe burned for the wrong thing and they've followed maybe the wrong passion. It's fascinating what fire does in our hearts and in our lives. And it, it begs the question of when these men say their hearts burned within them, why does the heart burn? See, the heart will burn depending on what fuel you put on it. The things that you do, the things that you act upon, the things that you think about, the things that you talk about will cause your heart to burn with a certain type of passion. Isn't it our nature that when we have a little fire in us, like when we're critical of something, we find other people that have the same kind of little fire and then we all burn a fire of criticism? Or if we have a little gossip, you know, like, I can't keep a secret. I, I, like hey, this is confidential, and everybody interprets that, oh yeah, except for my two or three closest friends, (laughs) right? And we have a little bit of gossip, so we grab two or three people that might like that fire, and we build our own little fire of gossip, and we get the fire, and we begin to burn it outside of where God intended it, right? This is the same with, with lust. It's A desire or a passion, an emotional response overwhelms us and all of a sudden a fire that's supposed to be kept in the bonds of marriage is now burning where it's not supposed to burn. And when fire burns in that way, when it's outside of the fireplace where it was meant to be, it destroys rather than fascinates And so it's important for us to understand what kind of things we are burning for. James 3.5 says the tongue, or what you talk about, has the ability to set a great forest on fire. Psalm 39.3, the psalmist says my heart was hot within me while I was musing. The fire burned while I was thinking. The things that I let my mind think about burned a fire in me. Maybe a fire of rage or anger. Proverbs six twenty seven says a man can scoop fire into his lap, and his clothes will be burned. Talking about acting on lust or acting on the desires that are taking place on the inside. It's important to understand the things that you're burning for, the things that you're talking about, thinking about, and maybe even acting on. You know how I know I'm burning? I lose sleep. When, when, a, when a fire of anger or rage is burning inside of me, I begin to lose sleep over it. When a, a fire of criticism towards somebody else or what I want to say to that person, I begin to lose sleep over it, and I know I have a fire on my hands. And many times, I have to repent or tell Janae or confess it to put that fire out because that fire doesn't have any place in my life. We have to learn to control our own fire, See, God says that it's okay for us to burn. Jeremiah 20, the prophet writes, Then in my heart, the word of God became a burning fire. Again, he says in Jeremiah twenty-three twenty-nine, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord. It's okay for your heart to burn, but it has to burn for the right things. And God's word says that the word of God, the spoken and written word of God, is like fire in the hearts of people. It's the reason why you can read the same long book over and over and over and over and over and over and over again your whole life, and there's always something that sets you ablaze. There's always something that hits you in a way that it's never hit you before. And that's the power of a word of God that is living and active, that's not just a, a, a dead book that some person wrote, but it's the word of God to you and I. See, not only sometimes do we burn in the wrong way, but other times we stop burning altogether. See, these guys on the road, it's maybe not that they were burning for the wrong thing, but it's that their fire was going out. Since Jesus had died, they were losing faith. And there was two reasons why the, the fire was getting more and more dim. One of them was they didn't get it. They didn't take what Jesus had said and what Jesus had done and put it together for understanding. And the other reason was they forgot it. How often is it that way with us that you maybe hear me preach or I listen to somebody else what they say and they give me this great idea or thought but I never actually connected it in to my heart. Or I never connected in to my whole faith story. Or maybe I forget pieces. That's why I have to continually take the fire of God's Word and allow it to burn in my heart. There's three ways that God rekindles fire. And maybe today you're, you're looking at the fire of your own heart, and it's either burning in the wrong place, or maybe the coals have gotten black, and no, they're no longer burning for anything. And maybe you don't even feel anymore. Maybe the The presence of God and the voice of God feels like something that other people experience and talk about, but it doesn't really uh, testify within you. See, God uses conviction to start the fire in our heart again. This is why it says, Jesus said to the men, how foolish you are. Now, if we look at the nature of God, what we know about God, we know he's a good father. We know he gives good gifts. And we know that he doesn't give condemnation, but he gives grace. So if we take that context and we look at Jesus saying, how foolish you are, we know the point that Jesus was trying to drive home was not condemnation, you dummies, you're never going to get it. The point that Jesus was trying to drive home was that there was something that they had missed. There was conviction that they had forgotten. And so he calls them out on it, and he brings up the Scripture again. And when that kind of conviction happens in our lives, it makes our heart burn. It takes not knowing or forgetting and turns it into realization. We realize, oh, I did read that. Oh, that, that is what Jesus said. It causes us to remember maybe what God has done in our lives. See, when that realization takes place in our heart and it creates a desire for change, that is conviction. I realize and I need to change. There's a stop sign by my house. I never, ever, ever stop at it. I'm repenting to you today. It's kind of just become one of those things I glaze over. It's literally across the street from my driveway. It's very hard to get motivated to stop, stare at my house, and go again. But one day I'm going to get pulled over. And that being convicted of a crime is going to remind me. And when God pulls us over and shows us where we've missed it or where we've started to ruin his work in our lives, he brings conviction that helps us to realize where we've been missing it. It's how God takes the coals of our heart and begins to help them burn, maybe help them turn orange again. See, a lack of this conviction or this relationship is First Timothy 4.2, that our conscience becomes seared with a hot iron. All of a sudden, we don't feel anything anymore. God speaks to us. He's trying to lead us. He's trying to help us change. And all of a sudden, we aren't even responsive. We're showing up, but we're not actually responding to what he's doing in our lives. A heart that actually burns with conviction will be led to repentance, will be led to change. See, this is why cyclical sin happens in people's lives. They keep going around and around and around because their conscience has become seared. They're not even understanding what they're doing anymore. This is why I can run the stop sign and run the stop sign I don't even feel bad about it. But when conviction comes, it will change how you live. It will change the things that you do. The second way that God rekindles the fire is not only does he bring conviction, but he gives us revelation. He takes something, and where our mind or our heart couldn't understand before, he opens up our mind and our heart to actually be able to understand. This is why verses 27 and 32 say, he talked to them. He opened the scriptures to them. He took the realization that was in their heart. He made it into knowledge, and that brought this word revelation. When all of a sudden, it's not just about hearing something, but you realize it, it becomes established knowledge within you. It's been revealed. It's revelation. And knowledge brings revelation responsibility. Knowledge should bring action. When I say 3,000 some people were at church last week, I'm giving you knowledge that I'm hoping will lead you to action. I'm hoping it'll lead you to get involved. I'm hoping it will lead you to meet somebody around you and help them on their faith journey. The heart that burns with revelation will be led to action. Otherwise, that heart will grow cold. The third one is this. Jesus uses hope to infuse fire back in our hearts. Not only conviction, not only revelation, but he gives us hope. And this is what these men said in verse 34. They said, it is true. It is true. Maybe that's what you experienced when you first were able to believe that Jesus was who he said he was. You said, it is true, my God, it is true. And all of a sudden, this is, see, this is the core message of everything we do. It's hope. It's not rules it's, it's not doing everything right. The core message is hope. The reason we believe what we believe is because of hope. If it's because of obligation or you're doing it out of fear or you're doing it because somebody else is making you, you've entirely missed the message. The message that we follow, the fruit of that message is a message of hope. Because the heart that burns with hope will experience life. Proverbs speaks to it in Proverbs 13:12, it says, "Hope that is deferred will make the heart sick." Hope put off. Maybe there's somebody here today, and your hope has been put off. And now you're sick of heart, or' sick at heart, or in your heart. And hope seems like something far off that maybe other people experience, but isn't available to you. Do you know how you reignite the fire? When God has given us these tools of conviction and revelation and hope that cause a flame in our hearts, you know what you do when all of a sudden the flame doesn't feel as strong anymore, it's not burning, or you find out that you're, you're now out starting fires in other places trying to recapture the flame? You know what I do when my fire in my fireplace starts to, to go out? The first thing I do is I, I get down on my knees and then I, I get on my hands and I go, You know the first thing that you do when the fire inside of your heart begins to go out? When all of a sudden you're not burning the way that you used to, the coals look a little bit more black than they look orange, you get down on your knees and you say, God, I repent. You bring yourself low so that God's breath can blow on the coals of your heart. Because a broken and contrite spirit God won't deny. A humbled, Heart. Those who bring themselves low, God will exalt. And then I say, okay, the coals have turned orange again and I run out to my garage and I grab some logs and I, I put more fuel on the fire. I, the coals are hot again, I've repented, I've gotten my life right, so I grab fuel, I get God's word and I begin to go through it and I begin to find verses that speak to my situation. I begin to read what other people have wrote about my situation and I grab logs and I throw fuel on the fire and God opens up his word so I can understand it and this word revelation starts to happen and it's like he's taking These words written on a page And he's actually speaking right to my heart Or right to my situation And all of a sudden the fire isn't just you know coals that have turned orange but all of a sudden that first little flame kind of licks up and I'm I'm starting to begin to have passion again I'm starting to be hungry for God's word I'm starting to desire that he would speak to me I'm not content anymore with the things of the world but I'm saying God I just need more of you what do I have to let go of what do I have to do now what do I do God to be able to be on fire for you what do I have to do next and he continues to bring revelation And that revelation and that conviction that God is speaking to me begins to give me hope. You know the way that coals die? You want to put out a coal? Just take it out of the fire where all the other hot coals are and set it out by itself. See, you can't come to Easter and go, (laughs) and expect your life just to change. But it's continuing revelation from God's word. And it's setting the coal of your heart in with a whole bunch of coals that burn for the right same things. And that means there's some coals that burn for the wrong things that you gotta get out of your life. And you gotta find yourself in a community like this. We're united in heart, united in spirit, and united in fervor. We say, God, would you set us ablaze with your presence? Would you unite us by this bond? That we burn for you. Would you stand all across this place? If our goal is to see our lives and our community changed, not just to experience the fire of emotion in a moment, not just to go to camp when I was a kid and have a great week, and you know, I was gonna change my school the next day, and then two weeks later I was like, what happened? But if our goal is is really to follow Jesus and to make a difference for his kingdom, then every one of us has the responsibility to keep the flame of our heart for God consistently burning. That means maybe even today you got to get low and you got to say, God, I missed it. I've been burning my own fires. I humble myself in the hope that as I do, you'll come and set my heart on fire for you. Or maybe you need to take God's word and begin to find revelation. Let Him speak to you. And it's going to bring hope in your life. Come on, if there's anybody here today, every head bowed, every eye closed, and you just realize that the fire has been burning for the wrong things or the fire has been going out, will you just lift a hand all across this room? Come on, there's hands already going up. We crucify the pride of our flesh with the humility of confession. And that's the power of this moment right now, the humility of confession, lifting your hand, saying, I've been burning for the wrong things, or the fire's been going out. I don't care if you're here in this room. I don't care if you're watching online. I don't care where you're at. God, I need to burn for the right things again. Come on now, everybody, would you pray together with me? God, come on, repeat after me. God, I know I've burned for the wrong things. And today... I ask that you'd help me to burn for you. I confess my need for you. Father, would you give me your revelation, your voice speaking to me, and let your hope follow. In the mighty name of Jesus, that is above any other name. Amen. Amen. We have friends who pray who are coming up on the sides. They may be your point of action today. But whatever you do, whatever God has spoken to your heart, give some action to it this week. Write it down. Tell somebody. Pick one of these points and live it out. We're so glad you joined us today. Our hope is that you're challenged and encouraged by these teachings every week. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. Send us an email at mystory@goevangel.org. For more information about our church, check us out online at goevangel.org.